everyone. This is Brant James of USA Today Sports, and I am joined by Jeff Gluck, also of USA Today Sports. Hi, Jeff. Brant, this is like, I, I've been looking forward to this because, uh, I, I mean, I could pretty much use almost like a therapy session at this point. Um, we were sitting at Homestead Miami Speedway, and I feel like we've just seen one of the all-time crazy great races. I mean... Not just championship, but I mean, this was really unbelievable. The mm-hmm. stuff that happened tonight. I haven't even really got been able to get my mind around it yet. So I'm kind of looking forward to unpacking it all um, and going through this here with you because, wow. It was, it was, well, we're, you're speaking, of course, about the uh, the Sprint Cup finale here at Homestead. Uh, four drivers, uh, Jimmy Johnson, uh, spoiler alert, he won the championship. That's his seventh. Versus uh, Joey Logano versus uh, Kyle. Uh, Bush versus uh, Carl Edwards. Um, there were a lot of layers to this. There were a lot of things that happened, and you pull back, you pull back the microscope, but going for seven championships. Um, you know, one of those those historical days that y- you can't plan for. You can't do a marketing campaign around it. It's just it just happens. I hate the word organic, but it, it just kind of did. I mean, you, you could know that this is Tony's last race and you could know that Jimmy might win the title but the way this thing worked out at the end we'll, we'll talk about it was was pretty incredible well I mean let's you know starting with about uh, 15 laps ago say we're looking at each other in the media center and we're like this is pretty cut and dry yeah um, Carl's gonna win the championship running off in all likelihood and uh, you know we're like okay we'll go out to pit road with like 10 laps to go or whatever mm-hmm. and um, sort this all out and uh you know, kind of do a couple quick stories and be out of here. Yeah. Next thing you know. Well, wait a minute. Okay. I'll just yeah. I'll put a little dash in there. Sure. Just to give everyone an insight into the, you know, the mouse-like brain of a journalist, we're thinking, okay, on the five-year anniversary of Carl Edwards tying Tony Stewart for the points lead but losing on a tiebreaker five wins to one, Carl Edwards redeems and wins the first Sprint Cup title. Yeah, it's going to happen, just like you said. But then drama it's a great restart and carl edwards you know you could see it immediately he he figured the only thing he could do if because if, if logano gets by him that goes green gone it's so it's he went blocktastic he went into full block he went into block mode which you're right he had to do it yep and so he tries to block doesn't work out i mean it was pretty much a game of chicken right i think he was mm. hoping that logano was going to back out of it logano's a hard racer wasn't going to kansas yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, we've seen what happens. Yeah, um, good things. So next thing you know, um, Carl is in the fence. Hard. Hard. Almost airborne. Almost flipped. Shredding got hit from orange parts. Cane, I think. Yeah. Yeah, didn't look good. And then uh, Logano's damage, so that kind of... I mean, it maybe didn't ruin his chase, but it, it, it certainly hurt his hopes. But I'll tell you what, after that, honestly, like, I think I'm going to remember this for, for the rest of my life. The... You know, people talk sometimes about Carl's kind of phony. He puts on the, you know, the Tony Stewart, Eddie Haskell. Yeah, he said it. But, dude, the way he acted, I have so much respect. Yeah. For how he conducted himself, he walks down pit road, and he gets up on the pit box and shakes Todd Gordon's hand, Joey Logano's crew chief. Yeah. That that was unbelievable, and like. I, I went out there to the care center to follow all this, and um, it wasn't like one of those deals where you see with drivers sometimes where the cameras are on, and uh, 
they turn off and he storms away or whatever. Yeah. Like so, just just to let you know a little bit how this went. So Carl, um, he does his interview on national TV or whatever. Answers the questions for radio. Answers the questions. People standing there. Starts to walk away. Marty Smith from ESPN comes up to him and says, "Hey, do you mind if we just get one more shot?" And Carl's like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." Alan Kavana from Fox comes up after Marty said, "You mind if we get a one-on-one shot?" Absolutely. Ah. Then his um, family is standing there, like his his wife, his uh, parents, uh, looks like a couple close friends, and they're standing in a circle, kind of watching all this. He walks over to him and he kind of claps his hands together and he's like, you know, you could see him saying like, "Come on, guys!" Like he's trying to pump them up in yeah. this moment of disappointment. Then he hi- goes around and high fives each <laughs> one of them. He walks to his pit stall where his crew guys are, and he's immediately. And they were sad. They were bummed, but like they're trying to rally him. He's trying to rally them. Um, then there's a uh, there was a woman walking, trying to get his autograph. She drops her pen. He stops, picks up her pen, hands it back to her. Like just a woman, just a lady walking by. Walking in the garage, who was trying to get his autograph. She drops her pen. Like this is like one of the worst moments of his life. Or yeah. shortly thereafter, I'd have to think. Sure. And there's no cameras, nothing. It's not like he's putting on a show for anything, and he's just, like, he could not have handled it any better. Wow. Um, well, that's good. Yeah. So I wrote this all in my column. Well, go read uh, it's it. A, it's on USA Today. If, if his sponsors and his team or NASCAR don't turn that into some sort of sportsmanship PSA that gets shown to youth football teams or something. Sportsmanship. They're missing. Pass it on. <laughs> yeah. Or you can be... Don't block. You probably go with the sportsmanship thing. I think that's probably the better way. I mean, good for. I mean, seriously, he he was gonna. If he held off Logano there, he was gonna win. And but like seriously though, so he could have just in every way. I mean, I, I know I'm just harping on this, but like this, it was really like he could have. He could have blamed somebody else. He could mm-hmm. have made excuses. He could have stormed off. He could have not talked. He could have pouted. Yeah. Uh, he certainly didn't have to climb up on the pit box. And, and I was able to talk to his mom. And yeah. I said, what do you think of that? And she said, well, I would have been disappointed if he didn't go do that. Nice. Because that's how he was raised. And he was raised that uh, if you lose, you don't blame other people. You move on. You accept it. And mm-hmm. you'll win another day. And uh, I, I was just so impressed with the whole thing. I, I think that... Um, you know what? How he conducted himself yeah. in in a, in a moment of extreme adversity and disappointment in a high pressure situation was to me just as impressive as Jimmy Johnson winning a seventh title. I mean, I, I'm serious. Like this was really uh, that was that was quite a moment. I think it was, and because I think all of us were, were so jaded, we see a driver walking to toward another team's pit box after something bad had happened, and we're waiting for haymakers especially, yeah. especially in the chase we, we've been pretty much trained that you you attack people in dark hallways or alleyways in the garage or you you wreck them and you do what you need to to get by that's you know like it or not been part of the perceived excitement of this version of the chase so well, naturally he's going to go there and he's going to say something at least and we saw him high-fiving and then we're sort of like oh he must have said something pretty snide and he just said the high five for effect but nope you eyeballed a a golden moment in sportsmanship, which is good. Yeah, we should celebrate. No, I, I, I really was. I, that, to me, I'll, I'll remember that um, for a long time. And someday when I have kids, I'll, I'll show them that moment. I think that that's will you? it. I will. will. You? No, I'm serious. The look on his face, he is touched. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe him on that. So there was a point, well, many points in this race. I mean, Jimmy Johnson's run back to win. He started 40th. What was he 13th qualifying? But he lost his spot because they had an A post 
laser uh, or eyeballed uh, inspection violation, and they had to start at the back. So they ch- he charges through the field. I mean, he makes up half of the field by lap 15, and then he's in the mix. It starts getting harder because you start getting with the good cars. The, the championship four were sort of in, in the top six, the top eight for most of the race. But it just didn't look like it was going to happen. It was going to be Carl or it was going to be Logano. It definitely was not going to be Jimmy. And he got quiet in the car, and it seemed like at one point that he needed a little pep talk from his crew chief, Chad Knauss, just to talk to him about you know what he needed for changes on a, on a pit stop. But you know, the way Jimmy talks about it later, he was just sort of reaching this zen meditative state where it was all going to be okay. So I can't really contradict him now for what he did on what he called the restart of his life in overtime to just to pull away from, from Larson and Logano and, and win the darn thing. Unbelievable. It really is. I mean, I'm standing there after the whole Edwards thing happened on pit road, and I'm like, well, maybe this is going to be Kyle's repeat now. And um, yeah. certainly wasn't. I mean, I knew Johnson was up there, but I'm not thinking – Johnson has this, right? You know, and plus, at that point, um, Logano had looked like with his slightly fresher tires. Yeah, they pitted there. That was going to be a difference. They pulled out their little quarter panels. Yeah. Don't forget about your quarter panels. I, I missed that. I mean, I, I I was I need to go back and watch the end of the race because I still haven't been able to digest it all. But so I mean, I, I thought well maybe Logano, maybe Kyle. I, I still wasn't thinking Jimmy. I just thought. The way the night he'd had, mm-hmm. you're just like, no, it was, it's not, it's not yeah. going to happen. It was good, but we hadn't seen him in clean air. True, but I mean, he wasn't really at that moment either, and I still thought Larson would win the race. Yeah. Um, it's really incredible to me how <laughs> Jimmy ends up winning this race. He never won Homestead, and we made such a big deal out of everybody, not just we, but... Um, out of, well, you know, Jimmy's not so good at Homestead. Right. Oh, boy. You know, I mean, for the third year in a row in this format, the champion wins the race. I just, I really thought this would be the year where that ends. I don't understand that keeps happening. It's, it's really strange. unbelievable. It's really strange. I did talk to Larson after the race, and he had, to, I need to go back and listen to the tape because, you know, in this whole whirlwind, I haven't, I haven't gotten to do it, but he said something like, well, that's the box we're put in, it, and I, I can't break the rules or something. And I was like, what do you mean? And it, he had some, he made some comment about the restarts. Like, he didn't he didn't feel like he could get up to him on the restart zone. or People were carping about Jimmy laying back on restarts. Maybe that's what he was maybe that would about. Maybe that was what it is. But he wasn't happy with how that shook out, I guess. But Yeah. Um, tough loss for him, obviously, because that yeah. was his race. Yeah. Um, you know, this is his track. I mean, yeah. gosh, Larson, if he ever gets in, gets to the finals, if, if he if he ever, ever stole the championship four, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Can you imagine the preseason if, if you could have just, like, showed NASCAR officials, like, a little, even Chip Ganassi, for that matter, this little pinhole into the future, just for, like, two or three seconds, it shows Larson is leading at Homestead. They would be doing collective cartwheels through the halls of, of NASCAR headquarters. Like, yes, this guy, this prospect, the next generation... This prodigy, this guy that Jeff Gordon and Casey Kane and Tony Stewart says is going to be so great. There he is. He's on the cusp. But Jimmy Johnson squashed everybody again. Yeah. It, it really is amazing, like, just to think about how this all happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I'm just pretty much like, yeah, he, he's not going to get number seven. I, I completely dismissed it after, you know, most of the race. I really doubted it. Um, 
You can never count out that 48 team, though. No. How many times have we had to learn this lesson? By the way, yeah. Brand, okay. Yes, let's, let's yes. talk about okay. this. He does exactly where I'm going with this. Yes, I do. For those of you who have listened to our Start Your Engines podcast uh, for, you know, months now. That's all of them. We, we really appreciate you, first of all. But second of all, you may have heard several references during the course of our podcast to me making fun of Brant <laughs> for his preseason pick of Danica Patrick in the chase. Well, what we didn't realize until this morning, thanks to a fan on Twitter who pointed out, was if you go back to our preseason picks, um, Brant picked the final four exactly correct. Perfect. Um, and then he had picked Johnson to win. Well... Earlier in the race, he, he's like, well, that's not going to happen. I'm going need, to need a miracle or something. I never actually said that. I believe you. You are projecting that into I my, believe you did into say my something theoretical I said, oh, you're going to have it. I don't recall. You're, 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 you're racist from your memory. But anyway, ultimately, it doesn't matter because you were correct. Nailed it. <laughs> was never in doubt. Never. Was never in doubt. Done. I'd already printed the trophy. But seriously, Brand. Uh, that's unbelievable. You picked the Final Four and the champion correctly before the season started. Crushed. Kudos to you. Crushed. Despite your Danica Patrick in the chase. I'm not sure I actually did that. Well, that's Even the it. fact that you printed out the It's paper. on the record. And you and your printing. Uh, you know what? I, I'm going to stick with what I did right. I'm looking positive. I'm not going to be spun negative by the media. So okay. You, so you stop. Well, that was very good. And, and I congratulate you. Thank you. On that. I only had two of the final four right. And I had Logano as my champion. Mm. Times mm. Throughout this. I, I picked Truex before the chase started. I did that too. Well, don't don't say that. You're ruining it now. Well, You're ruining it for yourself. But we put them in a box like a time capsule. That's what so really matters. I picked Logano before the season. I picked Truex before the chase. I picked Kyle before the championship. At no point did I ever pick Jimmy in this season yeah. at all. Um, he hadn't shown you enough throughout his career. Yeah, right, right, right. Obviously. Yeah. No, but really, it's just... Uh, I, I, I'm anxious to try to get a couple days on this or a couple weeks or months and try to figure out where this will stack up in history just to get some space. Yeah. You know, like, how is this going to compare to 2011? I don't think it's going to be like... The champion, the pure championship performance isn't there as far as 2011 because Tony Stewart just willed that. Yeah. Um, but the race, the craziness of the race itself, yeah, I think exceeds that in yeah. some ways. The fact that this is a tournament changes it all too. Yeah. You know, this one, this championship drive didn't have that soul-crushing march through the fall for his guy. But I tell you what, though, the way this race played out, the way, the fact that he was not in charge until the very, very end, leading the lap that matters. I don't know if I want to use the word galling. This must be just so, just so upsetting to, the, to those other guys. Yeah. I mean, this, this is a guy that's already just absolutely sucked the, some of the prime years out of some very good race car drivers by being as good as he is. And then he does this. He does this in this format. Well, it's I incredible mean, think about it. I mean, I don't know that Carl Edwards ever gets another shot like he had tonight. Honestly, in this format, you don't think you know Domino's. He, he's fall, thirty-seven, right? I think, um, and but he's a fit thirty-seven. There, but there's no guarantee you get back there. He had a great car, great position. Sure. I mean, he. This was his race. Yep. You look at Kyle Busch, um, another chance at a championship gone. Um, you know, now maybe he doesn't win. You know, as many as he as he could have in his career, even though he's thirty-one. Um, but maybe he doesn't. Maybe let's say he wins a bunch, but he doesn't pass Jeff Gordon or something. Mm-hmm. And Joey Logano, 
I keep waiting for the start of the Logano era because I'm like, Logano is only 26 years old. He's going to win many, many championships. But if Jimmy sticks around and does this and, mm-hmm. and things like this, I mean, it's hard to win these. It's hard to get that position. You know, now, now you have to start thinking about number eight for Jimmy. Absolutely. I mean, we're talking about, and we both agree that he's the greatest ever. In this era of, of competitiveness and, and, and parity, I don't think there's any question. I mean, there are fans of Earnhardt, fans of Petty, and you can make arguments. We disagree with them. Jimmy Johnson's the best. I mean, just, just look at the numbers. Um, seven titles ties those guys. 80 wins. He's uh, the active wins leader currently because, you know, he, he, well, he was ahead of Tony Stewart anyway. Um, th- this to me is fascinating. This blows me away. The next highest active in titles, Tony Stewart's gone now. A bunch of guys with one. That's right. One. That's six less than seven. The next highest guy in wins is Kyle Bush and Matt Kenseth's 38. And so, right, he has more wins combined than the next two people. Yeah. In, but that dis- with, with that disparity yeah. in championships. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say something is insurmountable, but my goodness. Unless they totally go back to a format one day where you just add up points at the end of the year and see what you got. Yeah. How does anyone get through that minefield of this kind of a chase no. and get seven or whatever he ends up with? It's, it's incredible. It, it really is remarkable. And I think the thing is that I know that there's a lot of longtime fans who are like, well, it's because he's getting the chase. You know, that's why he's winning all these. It's, all, <laughs> it's not real championships. Okay, look, Jimmy is going against, like, no offense to the older guys, uh, you know, the Dale Seniors, Richard Petty, Pearson, whatever. Those guys did not have to face competition where the entire field started driving at like age five yeah. and competed against hundreds of other five-year-old drivers all the way up through the ranks. I mean, yeah. they, they aged. They did age. They weren't five-year-olds the whole time. They did get, yeah, they did age. But six, seven, eight, you know, thousands, whatever, across mm-hmm. the country, these are the best of the best. I mean, and they've been racing their entire lives by the time they get to the Cup Series. Yes. Um, these any of these people are absolutely extraordinary. The 40th place guy in, the, in these fields um, could probably win a championship in the right equipment, honestly. Like yeah. it's, it's it, very competitive. And, and for him to dominate like this, yeah. that is, he is the best ever. We, we just watched the best NASCAR driver of all time yeah. win his seventh title. You're talking about organizations with four and five guys in it. You know, with with technical alliances and engineers, smart guys with their computers, where you have seven guys basically with the same information and great equipment, just sending them out there. It's it's times a week against. I mean, honestly, sometimes just local talent piling up wins and points. It's just different, and he's the best. He is, yeah. I mean, Chad Canals, a very strong-willed man who's very confident in his abilities, says the difference is Jimmy Johnson. So I'm going to go with him on that. And I think that what's made this so this combination so lethal is Knauss is probably the best ever as well. Knauss is the best Approaching ever. Approaching a, a ever. record of his own. Yeah. And, and Eight titles. Is, I mean, we, this combination has been absolutely devastating to anybody else that wants to win championships. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's really something to watch. And I, I don't think that we can quite appreciate it um, as much now. I know it's cliche, but... You know, when, when 20 years from now, when we're telling the younger 
fans or the younger reporters like, oh yeah, we watched Jimmy. You know what I mean? Um, it's going to be trying to explain. You, you don't understand how hard this was. Mm-hmm. You made it look easy, but yeah, it was pretty pretty tough. Imagine imagine tonight if you're in the Toyota camp. If if you're if you're David Wilson. Um, wow, they dominated the regular season. They got five of the 16 and they kept wedging those guys down obviously they fell out they had half of the final four two guys that are really good including the defending series champion the jimmy johnson yeah i mean uh, and if you're chevrolet oh that jimmy johnson if you're chevrolet this feels especially sweet because you're losing Stuart haas um you know, you had some, somewhat of a tough year for a while. Lost a manufacturer's title. Bummed about that. Yeah, but, but. This, this will make it a lot sweeter, for sure. It's going to be very interesting going forward to see how the the dynamic changes next year. And I'm sure we'll get into that in the offseason. But I don't know. It's just uh, this was this was a really memorable one for me this this night in a lot of ways. And it's not like, it's not like just the finish was good either. Pretty good race. I mean, the guys were up there racing yeah. um for a while you know carl versus kyle was pretty interesting in i don't know about the two-third mark of it yeah getting pretty late Teammates. it was like actually it was i think it was with like 20 something to go yeah. it was like this is for the title you know this this pass could be it and it looked like once carl cleared kyle up mm-hmm. it's gonna be those two and they end up finishing uh third fourth yeah logano finished the second in the chase it was so. interesting the one thing that carl kind of carped about was the he wanted to know more about the caution that brought out the well, need for the restart. Yeah, and Kozlowski said something about that on Twitter, too, that it was a half spin and wasn't necessary. But you pretty much, I mean, if you don't expect a late caution in NASCAR races, I mean, you're, you are you haven't been watching for very long. Yeah, they have. They do this for a job. They could probably... <laughs> what this This race had a moment in time feel for me because the seven and then Tony Stewart leaving. I mean... Not maybe to the same grandeur of uh, 92 Atlanta where Jeff Gordon comes in and, and Petty goes out, but I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, it just, those things just sort of happen sometimes. It is kind of weird. It's too bad Tony wasn't more of a factor. Yeah, he was 22nd and lapped. Not really in it. No, he was. Yeah, he was down a lap for most of the night, and uh, he didn't. He didn't exactly go out with a bang. But um, his retirement got put off by a half hour because of that red flag. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He'd have been in the motor coach up going north to ride his dirt buggies or whatever he's going and, to do. And, you know, he didn't, I don't think he wanted to come back this year and he kind of did it for the fans, but at least he ended up getting a win. He made the chase. Yeah. So it's not like it was a, it was a bust. You know, he didn't have the success that we're, we're used to seeing from him, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that he got somewhat of a send off. Yeah. And it, and it seems like he did it absolutely the way he wanted it. Jeff Gordon's last year was a mob scene. Right. In turn four, uh, celebrities um, piling in. Um, and the Stewart camp watched that and they, they did a very good job. They actually conferred with Gordon's camp in the off season. Uh, John Bickford, um, Jeff Gordon's stepfather and business manager. And they learned about how to, to mitigate the crowd and make it pretty clear to the tracks. We want no fuss. We don't want any distraction. And it actually had a nice little fence around the 14 car, cording that thing off. That was very clever. Yeah. And they did a good job. And Tony got what he wanted. He even got the Dale Earnhardt-style handshake out the door um, before the race. So. And he got to lead the, the pace laps there. And- he did. I was, I was impressed that he went for that. I mean, you know, maybe because that's the last thing that's going to happen. Yeah. 
Now, I thought that was cool. It was a nice, it was a very, it was definitely a very special race, I think, in NASCAR history. And I'll, I'll definitely remember it for a long time. You will. I'm sure you will. Now, do you think, how do you think this chase is going to rank? Do you think that the Jimmy, the Jimmy championship will just amaze people and go, oh my goodness, that is, that's so phenomenal. That seven, will, will the seven color the whole chase or will people say, honestly, like, like many of us were in race three, race four, whatever, whew, there's not a lot going on in this chase. Well, there wasn't until Phoenix. Yeah. Phoenix was quite exciting with Matt Kenseth getting wrecked as he was going for the win or wrecking himself, basically. And then you had the Homestead race, which I think is the, was the most exciting of the three finales there's mm-hmm. been, at least. Yeah. So I don't think this chase overall was the most exciting, but I think it will be viewed positively. And let's be honest, any momentum from people, perhaps like me, who are like, ah, I'm still not sure about this one race to decide it all thing, is sort of killed now because NASCAR will just point to this and say uh, you don't like this? Mm-hmm. Are you crazy? Mm-hmm. This was pretty good. Yeah. And uh, Jimmy saved him a little bit on that one. Yeah. Perhaps. But I mean just even the, the Carl moment the, the, you yeah. know the high drama of that. But even that I don't think that was a product of Chase the Chase making guys crazy. I mean that that would have if that's guys going for a trophy that could have happened at any time. I mean, they'll cling to it, but I don't think it's necessarily a product of the chase. But you put them in a position where, like, let's say they had been points racing and one guy would have come in with a points lead. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have had Carl. Like, let's say Carl was leading the points. He, he wouldn't have cared if, unless that was all for the win. And the that, only That's the, thing. the vacuum that I'm considering in, if, yeah. if it's two dudes going for a win. Yeah. So, but I thought it was nice the reception that Jimmy got after. Um, he unfairly has gotten booed a lot. People, you know, thought it was Hendrick Motorsports. I mean, his, his mom drove a school bus and his father drove trucks and I think delivered tires for BF Goodrich when Jimmy was, you know, racing motorcycles. That's just ridiculous. But it was good to see that he got to seven and people seemed to embrace it. I think people embraced the fact that they were there to see it, which was nice. Yeah, I hear you. Absolutely. Well, Brant, I enjoyed doing this with you this year. Let's keep going. <laughs> no. We do actually have one more Start Your Engines podcast this year. I was not informed of this. Yes. Is that well, the email I didn't you, open? You weren't, you weren't, uh, you're not part of, you're not on it, I'm sorry. <sighs> the We have a special guest that took your place. His name is Dale Earnhardt Jr. <laughs> Did his daddy race? I think so. I'm not sure. I right. have to consult my notes. As long as his daddy raced. But I'm anyway, cool. um, I did tape a Dale Earnhardt Jr. podcast earlier today. So we didn't talk about the championship, but we talked about his off-season plans, wedding. We talked about how his podcast uh, is a little bit bigger than our Star Wars podcast. Yeah. Well, we have dreams. We have dreams. We can dream. <laughs> but we talked about that. So um, that will be coming up Vegas Champions Week. So... Please listen to it, Brant, even though you weren't on it. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to... I'm going to summon my inner Carl Edwards, and I'm going to come over there, and I'm going to shake your hand, and I'm going to say, I hope you had a good podcast, even though the hurt inside me is smoldering like a Pennsylvania coal fire. Okay, well, that's fair. That's you, ever, fair. you ever been around a Pennsylvania coal fire? No, I, I actually can't say I have. They smolder like crazy, and it's really hard to put them out. I'll take your word for it. I think it's time for us to leave Homestead Miami Speedway. We've been here for a while. It's almost Monday. Yeah. So thanks, thanks, thanks again, Brant, and thank you for listening. And where should they listen to us? Well, obviously iTunes, audio, boom!
Exactly. Stitcher. I'm going to miss that the most. Yo, yes, you will. <laughs> Rest up in the offseason for that. I will. My throat. I'm going to gargle. Yeah. But thanks. Seriously, if any of you guys, uh, you know, please tweet us. Let us know that you listened. Uh, we That really means a lot when we hear from you guys. That's um, been one of the highlights for me is, is doing this this year. I've, I've enjoyed adding this little wrinkle to our, our coverage, and uh, it's been really fun. So thanks again. Thanks, everybody. And... As of right now, only 97 days to the Daytona 500. I'm out of here. That look on your face. Goodbye.